listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. When a team is emerging, it's like the guy that never had a date. Like, go back to high school, for example. The first time you had a girlfriend, I mean, even if it's you know 26, 27, at that point, <laughs> at that point, it felt different, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I have something to do on Valentine's Day. Oh my god, and all of a sudden, you're more engaged with it than you would be if it was old hat. Would you agree with that? Very much. <laughs> Josh Allen is emerging. This is like his coming out party, his cotillion in a way, as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You give him a standalone game, you give him a beat up D backs, he's going to make a statement. And I tell you, you hear the talk today that he made a statement. It makes sense he wanted to, don't you think? Yeah, no doubt. And there was no let up at all in the second half, despite the short week well, in the could Even if there could have been, yeah, no, it wouldn't wait. have mattered. Sports batters listen for the money. I saved a lot of you, I'm sure, on that pick. Sports fans that know more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe. Jonas Knox in LA. Uh, before we get to RJ, what's going on? I do want to say I knew Fez is better. Was dead in the water because I also like Denver in that game. So once he, well, once you owe it yeah. to us to tell us that during the show. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. Know. He, he was so emphatic about it, and he was so steadfast. And you know, I, did, I just didn't want to uh, interject. But uh, RJ, wow. on a day in which we've got a major debate being had in the world of college football, plus the AFC North on display yet again on a Monday night later on. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? We're gonna get. We're gonna really break down because a lot of people are talking about the Jets and oh, it was a you know unexpected game. But we've got the actual numbers. This is what we're built for straight out of Vegas. So we're gonna give you the actual truth of that upset straight out of Vegas. Yeah, it was a major upset yesterday in Los Angeles. The New York Jets are winless. No more a 23-20 win at the Rams. Okay, how unusual is this? Biggest upset in a quarter century. The last time an underdog 17 points or more won a game was 1995. The Washington then Redskins plus 17 and a half over the Dallas Cowboys, December 3rd, 1995. In that quarter century, 25 years, Favorites of 17 or more, like the Rams, won 28 straight games. So, another way to think about it 28 times a team was this big of a favor, 28 times this team won, Jets broke that streak. Now, the biggest upsets in the last quarter century between these two, the Bills. In 2018, were 16 and a half. Some 17s out there, but the real number was 16 and a half over the Vikings. Dolphins 16 points over the Pats at the end of last year. Remember to lose the division or to lose the bye, the mm-hmm. uh, two seed for the Pats in that case. And then the Steelers lost to the Raiders in 2009. I remember that game. 14 and a half. Raiders were underdogs. So think about this. If you actually go a little deeper and say, what about all favorites of over two touchdowns? Because you can get to 14, but when you get over that, it's a real difference maker. In the last 25 years, 
And by the way, this is topical. Right now, Pittsburgh is at pretty much at 14 and a half right now. In the last quarter century, and this counts the Jets' upset, teams favored by over two touchdowns, 106 winners, three losers. 106 and three, 97.2%. This was, and we're talking about if they were even, you know, two and a half points less of a underdog, the Jets. It's that big of an upset. Oh, by the way, amongst all those big underdogs or big favorites specifically, they've only covered the spread 45.5%. So 97% winners straight up, 45%. Against the spread, when favored by over two touchdowns the last quarter century, the point spread is the great equalizer. So now, what does this mean for the Rams? I'm going to make the following case. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, losing a game isn't good. It might mean things for winning the division or whatever, but if they beat Seattle, they're fine. It was so flat, it was so unexpected. I just think you kind of chalk it up as something that happens, one of those acts of God in a way. Now, we know Goff, when he's uncomfortable, is not any good. And we saw an extreme of that in this case, for whatever reason, wasn't comfortable. Otherwise, Fez, how would you, well, I guess not otherwise, because maybe you think differently. How are you reacting from the Rams' perspective? I agree with you on the first half. Rams were flat, Jets were sky high, Jets took a 10 point lead. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I have major concerns about what transpired in the second half. So, out of the locker room, the Jets drive 72 yards, touchdown, third quarter. The next time they get the ball, another long drive for the Jets, field goal. So the Rams have all half to recover from whatever hangover they all, have. All half? Dude, this is why I think there's a disconnect with what is flatness in the NFL. Flatness isn't you come out and you're texting you know, your side piece in between plays or whatever. No, it's you're not getting extra sleep on Wednesday. It's you're not putting in extra film time. Maybe you lifted extra hard because you, don't, you thought, oh, if I wasn't a... Who knows? But I don't think it's something you turn around at half. To, you, you can turn around some of it. If you're lackadaisical... On the field, maybe you perk yourself up, you know. But I think the pre- there's some things you just can't. Under that theory, Steve, then what you do during the week would never matter, right? So I think that being flat is about the prep, the lead up, and the game energy. But once a team starts loot, no team starts losing and doesn't try their best from there. Mm-hmm. So every upset that ever happens presupposes there's something other than the game energy that's affecting the favorite. I mean, you've got to agree with that, right? I agree with that, but never, nevertheless... Well, you can't say nevertheless. It's your basic premise, because the Rams closed. So, it feels like the Rams were able to come back to the degree that was maybe their lack of energy during the first part of the game, but they weren't able to overcome the lead-up, which was, which was lax. And let's talk about that closure, because the Rams absolutely got back in this game, had an excellent chance to win this game, but it was interesting. Down 13, the Rams were still running the ball a lot. 
and it shows they don't trust Goff. You mentioned Goff being uncomfortable that the Rams down 13 as a 17-point favorite still said, you know what? we got to just do ball control. We can't trust Goff at all to try to take over this game. That's, that's Steve Fazek. I'm R.J. Bell. Who would trust him? This is, you know, you've here's a point, and we can talk about what the cause of it was. First 13 games of the year in the third quarter, the Rams have been the best in the NFL. They've averaged giving up 2.3 points a game. So less than two and a half points per quarter, the third quarter specifically, throughout the entire year. I mean, think about that. If you kick a field goal against them in the third quarter, you've exceeded expectations. Jets, 10 points in the third. But again, is that the Rams got bad all of a sudden? The Jets got really good? Or the Rams were flat and they couldn't recover? Hmm. It's a good, it's a good point. Part, you know, part of just it wasn't. You fluky. could just leave it at that. Fair enough. RJ, good point. What do you good think, point. Jonas? Uh, of all the good teams that would be good enough to be favored by 17 or more points against the Jets, the Rams were most likely the team that this would happen to. Really? Now, why yeah. do you think that? Because we've seen them look really, really bad. I mean, the game against the Dolphins, they were awful. Uh, Buffalo, they got back into that game, but they were getting dominated early on. The game against the 49ers. Both those games have been, both those games have been like eight games ago, right? Yeah, but they, I've noticed this thing with the Rams, where they'll win a couple of games in a row, and then they just lose one. And if you go through just looking at their game logs, and it, it could be coincidence or whatnot, but this is, again, another example of them coming off two straight wins, and then they come out and they look like this. There's something about them, and you've talked about high variance to where they're either really, really good and look like a real legitimate Super Bowl contender, or they lay an egg like this, and you don't know whether or not Goff is a franchise quarterback. Well, I think we know he's not. Right. Yeah. I think Goff is a Baker Mayfield, but maybe a lesser version, to be honest. So, what do we know about Baker? And we can quickly touch on this game because we probably won't get to it otherwise. Is against the Giants, he was comfortable. When Baker is comfortable, he it, it, it's almost like a skills competition. Think of it like a guy that has an open three. Now, most of us can't make at the NBA range open threes. But at that level, you give a good shooter an open three, they're going to hit it a big percentage of the time. But then there's people like KD and others that can create their own shot. And thus, in the reality of the NBA, they don't need perfect conditions to score. Well, Baker has been a quarterback when he's had his ability to set his feet, and it's a skills competition. He knows where he's throwing. He's got great arm talent. Surprisingly good. And if you listen to or read the reports that came out contemporaneously when the Browns decided to pick him, it was his throwing during their time, you know, during their tryout or whatever you want to call it, in which it was like, wow, this guy can throw the ball. Now, the catch 22 was prior to the new coach, the Browns didn't really put him in a situation, Baker. They didn't have the O line where he could set his feet and make his throws. Now they're running the ball. He's like a real high powered game manager. Now, Against the Ravens, he stepped it up. That's the first game we saw him step it up. If he can take that step, then he's more than that. But right now, I think he's a glorified 
expensive, talented game manager, Baker Mayfield. The question is, Jared Goff, I think he's similar. Steve, what's your thoughts? Baker Mayfield, the last four games, RJ, has an average QBR of just under 90. That is would easily be the best in the NFL. He stepped it up in that Tennessee game as well. He's really well, playing but he, well. I don't think he stepped it up in the Tennessee game, because Tennessee has one of the five worst defenses in the NFL. Wouldn't you say? I agree. Still, four touchdown passes no, no. in one he, half. Uh, so, mean. we're talking about two separate things. You're right. If we're grading him on, is he performing well in the areas we know he performs well at? Okay, Which is set his feet against bad defenses. Yeah, he, he had an extraordinarily good version of that against the Ravens, a team that blitzed him. And I don't mean, I mean, blitz Krieg style. <laughs> For him to get beat so badly early, first game of the year, and then to have a shootout, even though he lost, Mayfield is showing he can do more than that. I'm not sure, Jonas, that Jared Goff has ever, after the first year, and the defense has had a chance to see what McVay was doing, I don't think Jared Goff has been anything but that game manager ever, really, even the Super Bowl year. Do you, with your eyes, do you think otherwise? No, I, I think the exact same thing. He's not been the same guy since Todd Gurley started dealing with his health issues. I mean, another Todd factor Gur- too, yeah. right? Because they don't have a dominant run game, and they've got good. They've got playmakers. They've got guys he can get the ball to. Whether it's Woods or Cup or Higby's been awesome. It just there's something about the Rams that they they have games like this, and it just makes you wonder if they're capable of looking so good, but they're also capable of doing this. How do you you trust that team in the playoffs. Final word on this. I tend to disagree with you in the following way. And it's funny you said that because I was going to say I think the Rams were the last team of the good teams that I would expect to be flat. And you talk about the Bills game, and it's one thing to get out to a deficit or the other team get out to a lead, but really that ended up being a three-point game. So ultimately, and the Miami game was what happened sometimes. It was just like four turnovers, and that still was a fairly close game, right? Twenty-eight seventeen, yeah. yeah. But, but the, like you you said, plus three hundred yards for the Rams in the stats. So to me, I think this is what's fascinating. At the scoreboard level, I see what you're saying, and I also agree that maybe my statement's wrong saying, oh, the Rams would be the least likely, because Goff is going to have a disaster before yeah. most of the other quarterbacks on a good team. Okay. So, I agree with you, but otherwise, I think other than Goff, this is about as buttoned up as a team gets, but it goes to show you, even with a McVay coach team, a button-up team, you're a 17-point favorite after having just revenged your Super Bowl defeat Maybe you're flat. I think that's what we saw. Final word, Jonas. Yeah, no, and it may just be a golf thing because when we when they look their best, what do we say when we are recapping a Rams game? Man, that defense looks good. It's and never, golf didn't have to do much. Yeah, and and so even the games on prime time where they've looked good, even the the game against Tampa Bay, the game that they won, I didn't come away from that going, man, that Jared Goff can really play. I think he threw a couple of picks in that game. I came away going, that's a legitimate defense that might be able to get them. Uh, at least somewhat far in the postseason. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I've got some strong opinions coming up where I actually agree with Colin 
against the Sharps. Now, that one makes me a little scared. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to finish this football season strong, solidify the best season yet. By the way, Fez, how'd your games go this weekend? Two and five. <sighs> so, you still time, you think? 40, 49, and two. Mathematically, yeah, there's time. I'm not optimistic for you. Seven games. Kids, don't do this at home. Don't try to bet seven NFL games. If you learned anything, you can listen on 225 stations across the country. Just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can find out where your nearest station is, if you don't know, or you can stream it there. Right now in Las Vegas, on the Strip, 68 degrees, and the neon is flowing. So, RJ, the Kansas City Chiefs are 13-1 and atop the NFL record-wise after their their win over the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, 32-29 yesterday. Okay, I'm going to set up the debate, and I am not even sure if we're going to have the debate. I think it's interesting that it's being had. On one hand, almost to a man, and it's mostly men, the sharpest people I know, either gamblers or Analytics people, pro football focus types, those types, they all believe that Kansas City is clearly the best team. And the debate is would you take Kansas City or would you take the other 31 teams? And I heard multiple people, multiple, just since yesterday's game say they would take sharp people, they would take Kansas City over the field. Fez, what's the current Super Bowl payout for Kansas City? Where do you fall in that debate? Kansas City is currently plus 175. All right, so better than the field. Payoff-wise, you're getting uh, a better payoff. So, if you think it's close to 50-50, you even like Kansas City at those numbers. What do you think the true odds are? I think about 40% for Casey. So, it's rare that there's an NFL team before the playoffs that's 40%. That's right. This is high. This is, in your opinion, amongst all the Sharps I know, Almost to a man, Kansas City is an all-time type favorite here. Not all-time as in the very best, but amongst the top 20% of Super Bowl favorites. Agreed. Colin says he thinks this is one of the more vulnerable Super Bowl favorites. So, I'm going to tell you my opinion on it, but first... Jonas, where do you fall in this debate? Uh, I think they're the best team in the league right now, but I don't think it's this wide gap. I don't. I don't think it's as wide a gap as some of the, you know, the undefeated Patriots team from '07. Oh no, yeah, I, for sure. There. It, um, I just. I would bet the field. But in the last five years, would you say that Kansas City Ooh. is a better favorite than most or uh, slightly inferior to most of the favorites? Um, I'm trying to think back as to who the favorites were. Carolina was really good. I think they're better than that Carolina team that was 15-1, and one, if I'm not mistaken. I think they've been better than the Patriots team. So, yeah, I would say they're better, um, but I still, don't, I still would bet nah. the field. Just, so you're, saying just, about two thir- you're saying about two-thirds or so Kansas City ranks – Amongst the Super Bowl favorites this time of year of the last, you know, five, ten years. Yeah. But you would still rather the field. Yes. Okay. I'm going to pose the following question to everyone When has a team been this lackadaisical, as in the kind of team that doesn't blow anyone out? Last six games, Kansas City is 6 0 straight up. 
and they have zero against the spread wins. If you had bet Kansas City every one of these six games, you would have been paid exactly zero times. All right. Now, there were some two and a halves out there against New Orleans. There were some three and a halves. I think three is the fair grade. We're going to call that a push. If you got a really good line, three is a key number. You might have heard that somewhere. But in general, Kansas City has not exceeded expectations once in six games. When have we? I'm not talking about that. That that uh, that makes so potent the idea that Kansas City's underperforming. That. That they're not, and they've had leads in most of these games. Big leads. Think about it. So they were up 14 yesterday with the ball in the fourth quarter. They're up 20 with the ball against Miami in the fourth quarter and Tampa they Bay. They get bored during the game. Exactly. And I'm telling you, when have you seen an NFL team, NBA, you can see it. Mm. When's there been an NFL team that's this lax, that's this, hey, we can flip the switch, and they want it? When you know the Patriots were never like that, no. And I'm 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 really asking the question: Was Peyton Manning's teams ever like that? Nope. And those teams, you maybe could say Carolina was like that the year they were that good, though they were blowing a lot of people out, but they they weren't as buttoned up. It just strikes me that that what you have here is if Kansas City was just a smidge less talented, they'd be that really good eleven and five team that always seems to find a way to lose. But because they're another level or two talented, they're the Super Bowl favor. But what I'm saying is. Kansas City didn't do this last year. They had some struggles because, and Fez, you were the first, I think, but certainly amongst the first national voices that said Kansas City is the best team, even though they were what, like seven and four at one point? I think five and four. Is yeah. that right? And you said, and I said it to Colin on our podcast, I said, here's why. Mahomes was hurt and defense under the new DC is getting better. It's going to all come together. And it did. But you know what? They covered like uh, on and on and on they covered last yeah, year. Yeah, after the Tennessee loss. They were just, I think they covered their last, their last six games. What a contrast to their six straight non covers this year. So, to me, Kansas City's doing something that I haven't seen a Super Bowl winner do. And, Jonas, what do you think? Yeah, and no, I just, when you made the comment, I actually I started to think about it. It's almost like they've gone the opposite of what they did in the postseason last year. In the postseason, they'd get out to these big deficits and then they'd make these monstrous comebacks. This year, they're getting up on teams and then the Saints, you look up at the scoreboard, they're down three at the end of the game. Tampa Bay's down a field goal or, or whatever it was at the end of the game. So it's almost like they've gone in reverse to where they now they want to make sure they don't trail early in these games and then they kind of take their foot off the gas later on. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And you know what the common theme is? At no point 
are they either healthy because they were last year they were banged up with Mahomes, so that's an excuse. Number two, last year they were lax at the beginning of the games and he fell really behind, and now they're lax at the end of games because someone told them don't fall behind, so they get ahead and then they're lax. They've never put it together. I'm not saying they haven't for a game or so, but for any series of time, I've never seen a team that is this hot and cold. Now I know usually hot and cold means losing. But come playoffs, when the pressures, remember, against San Francisco, they were significant underdogs in the fourth quarter. What was the biggest payoff you could have gotten on Kansas City? Ten to one. Kansas City was like a ten percent chance to win the Super Bowl at some point. Yeah, they against had like a the third, third and fifteen with like seven minutes to play in that Super Bowl, and then they hit the cheetah on the bomb. <laughs> they hit the cheetah on the bomb. That sounded cooler than Fez is. Okay. That's Steve Fez. I'm RJ Bell. We're going to give him credit there. So, if that doesn't happen, if the 90% time, the Jets had about the same chance, they were about 9% to win yesterday of what Kansas City was not to be, oh, another Super Bowl talented team that just couldn't get over the hump. How much differently would we be thinking about Kansas City right now? Mm. And I get it. To some degree, you could say, well, they're made men now. They've done it, so they know they can do it. Maybe with this team, that's a big problem. And I'm not saying I wouldn't take Kansas City over any team. I just think, on one hand, the Sharps are right. The Sharps are right that they're, they're so talented, the Chiefs. But I think Collins right, too. Everyone's dismissing these signs that this team isn't buttoned up, that they're not fully motivated. However you want to describe it, and I don't think you can dismiss them, because I think the playoffs, when these problems rear their ugly heads, it's not like, wait till we get to the playoffs, like in the NBA. I think it's the opposite. The playoffs is where you have any flaw in the NFL, it seems to show itself. So, I'm more pessimistic about Kansas City than most Sharps. Last word, Fess. My end of year rating on Kansas City, even though that KC so team, last season, right? KC team they lost four games. I still had that team two points better than this current team. But you still have Kansas City better than any team in the NFL, right? Yes, largely because there is no really good number two team in the NFL this year. Whole lot of parity, and we'll be debating who the best team to beat them may be. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.